crowd. Good morning, Jim. Morning, Jay. All right, so Joe Maurer is inducted. Well, we'll be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. He gets elected in, 76% of the vote. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I thought he'd get in. Um, 76% is a it's a very small margin over, you know, what 1% more than he needed. But he was trending that way the whole time. He ends up getting in, frankly, once you're in, nobody ever cares what the vote total was or when when you got in. Uh, it's, it is significant that you got on the first ballot, uh, one of three catchers in history to make it on the first ballot. There should have been more, frankly. Uh, I don't know how Yogi Bear didn't get on the first ballot, Mickey Cochran, people like that. But uh, historic and just reminds you of some some great baseball history. Uh, another St. Paul player, you know, high school player from Creighton, um, another twin, you know, uh, and it just reminds you for whatever problems he had physically. Um, and this is the, you know, he was a unique player, uh, a the first pick in the draft by his hometown team ends up winning the first three batting titles ever by an American League catcher, ends up winning an MVP, um, first ballot Hall of Famer, played for only one team. It's just a, it's a unique story, and I think it's been too easy over the years to forget what a great story it was. The, and I think it's interesting that he mentions uh, when he did his, uh, his press conference yesterday that he talked about how it was good that the, the baseball writers viewed him as a catcher in his first 10 years as a catcher. Was that significant? Oh, yeah. I mean, he doesn't get in as a light-hitting first baseman. Um, he, yeah. And and that's why I thought he would get in, and that's why I thought he deserved to get in, is because we have seen a trend recently, whether it's with the voters or the Veterans Committee, in saying, okay, once you establish that you are an all-time great, we're not going to worry too much what happens later in your career, if you decline or you have injuries or whatever else. We saw that with Tony Oliva. Oliva was a dominant, one of the great hitters in the history of the game for about eight years. And then he blew out his knee and he was never the same. Kirby Puckett had 10 great years and then never played again. And voters have pretty much decided that if you establish that you're great uh, and something happens that damages you, that's really not going to be held against you. Joe Maurer, you know, from 2004 through about 2014, uh, you know, was a great, one of the greatest catchers of all time. And then after that, you know, whatever, I can't remember what year he ended up transitioning to first base because of the concussions. Um, he was not the same player. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, the voters have decided that, if, that you know, 10 years of greatness is enough. Something I thought was interesting is that uh, I was talking to our news guy earlier that Joe Maurer came here, I think it was in 2016, for our Twins Caravan. And it was kind of a one-time thing, and he is a rock star. I mean, he, he's different than anyone else we ever had come up for that event. Um, Twins fans really attached to him. Yeah, I mean, again, there aren't many hometown players who have the kind of career he had uh, and stay with, you know— be drafted number one by your hometown team, play your entire career with your hometown team. And as far as the, the rock star thing, uh, he did have an aura about him. And I remember talking to some Twins officials, and I saw it myself. I covered some all-star games where Joe was involved. I remember one in Pittsburgh in particular. And I had some you know Twins officials and employees who told me they experienced the same thing, which is that it's really interesting to watch major league players react to one another. And at all-star games, 
people were, I mean, superstars of the game would look over and go, oh, wow, that's Joe Maurer. I mean, he really, they, they'd had an incredible respect for his skill. Uh, the way he swung the bat, the way he took at bats, his calm, his composure, um, you know, the fact that he was a great defensive catcher, uh, that it intimidated base stealers. Uh, he did, you know, he was one of those guys who, went, at his best, he kind of loomed over the game. And, and the amount of confidence that he had, that he, he would take the first pitch almost every time and was not fearful about ever striking out. Yeah, and uh, you have to have a lot of skill, I mean, you know, confidence is one thing. The confidence has to be supported by skill, right? Uh, Or otherwise, it's meaningless. Uh, He had confidence because he had the skill. Um, He also had had tremendous composure throughout his career and his life. I I wrote about an anecdote the other day. You know, his family used to just beat him up after every Little League game about every little mistake he made. I mean, he he had so many fundamentals drilled into him at a young age. Um, And... And, and that swing, you know, I mean, the swing did not serve him well in target field. That ballpark did not play to his strengths at all. Uh, but in the Metrodome, when he was healthy, I mean, he was just, he was, all, he was a very difficult out. And you got to know Maurer quite well. And I still remember when he was playing that a lot of his teammates would say that anything they did, he was great at. I mean, he was a great yeah. football player. He's a great basketball player. He was obviously a Hall of Fame baseball player. I mean, he's pretty amazing at lots of things. Yes, uh, and there's no doubt that some of it was, you know, hard work and diligence and composure and confidence. But you also have to have the skills. I mean, you can't fake the skills. Um, and a lot of the composure and confidence comes from knowing just how good your skills are. Yeah, he he was Florida State. He was the number one. Uh, quarterback recruit in the country, Florida State. He signed with Florida State. Um, he was a tremendous basketball player. Uh, you know, I don't know if he would have been a good pro, but he would have been a great college basketball player. Um, and everything, you know, everything just came a little easier to him. Uh, he was also six, let's not forget, he was like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, 240 pounds. Uh, he did not ever bulk up his arms and his shoulders in a way that made him like a showy big guy, like, one of the Giambis, uh, but he was a large, strong guy uh, with incredible skills. Jim switching attention to some of the things that went on last night. The Minnesota Wild win another game, uh, five to three. They beat Washington. You know they've had stretches where they look terrible, and they've had a couple of stretches. Now they're in one here. Now their second one where they've looked really good. What's going on? Why? Why are they so streaky? I think so much of it comes back to defense. Um, you know, Kaprizov is having an okay year, but you know, yeah, I think you asked me yesterday, is he a top 10 player? And I, you know, so I, and I said maybe top 20. I went back and looked up the stats. He's like 40th in goals and 41st in points. I mean, he's not really a dominant player. Uh, he's their best player, but he's not a dominant player. They need to play really good team defense and find a lot of different ways to score goals. Now they're on a three game winning streak. Um, I think most of it is that. Uh, they've supported their goalies. You know, I think both goalies are good enough when supported. Neither are just going to stand on their head and win games all by themselves. Um, I think Gustafson was good last night. I thought the team defense was good. I think Brodeen coming back and just being able to move the puck so efficiently and play such great positional defense has helped them a lot, even with Spurgeon gone. Uh, but a lot of it is too, you know, how, how hard, how well are the forwards playing defense? How, how supportive are they? And I think they've been better at that lately. Also, I gotta be honest. I watched Washington look, not look like they were into that game last night. 
um, I thought that game was sitting there waiting to be won in the wild, you know, did their job. Go for men's basketball had a lead late. They couldn't hold on to it. They lose to Wisconsin. That's their fourth straight loss. Your thoughts. Kind of sad because that game was there. Uh, they could have won that game. You know, you think, okay, Wisconsin's a better team. They're, they're ranked 13th or 11th or whatever they are ranked. And this is going to be really tough for the Gophers. The Gophers should have won that game. Uh, I thought Dawson Garcia, who's been a very good player for this program, was really strangely passive. He ends up scoring 10 points. Uh, you know, I know he's playing against big, you know, a big front line, but you know, he's also a good three-point shooter. I just didn't think he looked right last night. Uh, Mitchell, I think, was two for 10 from the field, missed what could have been a game-winning shot at the end. Um, and, you know, just, just not a great night for those guys. I think if either one of them has a good offensive night, they win that game. Go for women. Uh, they lose at Wisconsin. Wisconsin has not been good this year. Uh, they lose by three in Madison. Your thoughts on that one? Yeah, Sarah Williams is a very good player. They're, they're post player, and she dominated inside. Uh, they had real trouble in the paint, both offensively and defensively, with her presence in there. And once again, you know, I'm talking about Dawson Garcia not looking quite right. Mara Braun just had another bad night. She just does not look comfortable shooting the ball right now. Um, she doesn't seem to know when. Not only does she not look good when she shoots it, she doesn't look like she's sure when to shoot it. Uh, she's their best player. You know, they need her to be a good offensive player. That's a bad loss. They win that one. They would have been in great shape uh, in the conference and, you know, headed for a prospective NCAA seed. That's a bad loss. Um, and, it, again, I, th I think Marbron just not shooting well was the biggest factor there. She, they just need her to be their – they need her to be their best player. Jim, one player that you and I have talked about over the last few weeks uh, as a possible free agent candidate for the Twins, Reese Hoskins, signed a contract with the Milwaukee Brewers. So I guess that's an opportunity missed. Are there other players that might be similar to Hoskins that you could see the Twins going after? Well, uh, let's remember. Let's remember what we've really said during those conversations. Uh, I think we said, like, in November, uh, late October, November, hey, you know, Reese Hoskins would be a good fit here. Then we found out about the TV deal, and Derek Falvey did something that I don't think his organization wanted him to do. He came out at the winter meetings and said, yeah, we don't have any money. We're not going to be signing free agents. And I think the Twins wanted not to say that out loud, and he's just an honest guy, and he said it. And it's true. They're not spending money. Not until they have clarity on how much money they can make out of the, the local TV deal, which is still up in the air. So Hoskins was not going to happen uh, this winter, not unless they got that deal done and they knew that they were going to make enough money that they could afford to pay him under their parameters. So there's not, you know, they're not spending money in free agency, period. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about serious money. I'm sure they'll pick up a million-dollar player here or there. They're not going to do it unless they have some TV money come down the pike. All right, Jim, what do you got in your podcast? Uh, let's see. We we uh, had a good uh, Mauer discussion on our Chin Music show, and we're going to do a, an emergency Chin Music today to talk about Mauer, Mauer going into the hall, maybe some other Twins issues. Uh, we have a good John Krasinski show on the Wolves. We're also going to have Chris Finch live on February 3rd at Headflyer Brewing with us, if anyone wants to come down to see Chris Finch live. Um, we have a good Viking Update show up, and everything's at talknorth.com or on your favorite podcast app. All right, Jim. Thank you. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Jim. It's Jim Suhan, Star Tribune Sports Columnist, joining us every weekday morning at this time. Follow him on Twitter at Suhan Strib. Check out his latest column in the Star Tribune's podcast at talknorth.com. Jim, today brought to you by the Green Mill in downtown St. Cloud. News from ABC is coming up next on WJON.